0: Hello and welcome to Dangerous Assignment from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
2: Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though. Trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to involve my trying to prevent a revolution with just one weapon, a box of busted bells. Morning, Commissioner. Ruth said you had an assignment for me. I do, Steve. Take a look at this map of the Middle East. Uh-oh, I might have known. Know what? I read the newspapers, too. So they're having a little trouble in one of the countries over there. Right away I get elected, I suppose. You do? And it's more than a little trouble. How much do you know about it? Only that it's some kind of a scandal involving one of the bright young boys in their government, an ex-lawyer named Katuf. Yeah,
3: Katouf is the leader of the majority party there. And as such, he is, in effect, the strongest voice in the government.
2: Wait a minute. Seems to me I remember. He was accused of treason.
3: Yes, by a minor official named Matala. Shortly after Matala made his accusation, he disappeared. Bloodstains were found in his house. The theory is that Katouf killed him before he could furnish proof of Katouf's treachery.
2: So, it sounds like Katuf's in hot water, huh? What's that got to do with us, Commissioner? Plenty. You see, Steve, Katouf's
3: government had already consented to sign an agreement permitting the United Nations to establish an air base in that country. I see. You can well imagine how vital such a base could be. But if Katouf's party falls from power as a result of this scandal... The control of the government is liable to fall into the hands of a highly organized minority party, who undoubtedly would like to prevent the agreement concerning the airbase.
2: From where I sit, it looks like a real sweet mess. Look, Commissioner, one thing I don't get. You say this Matala disappeared right after he accused Khartouf of treason? That's right. Has his body been found? No. Well, then how can they hold Katouf if you can't convict a man of murder unless you produce the dead body of his victim? They don't have to convict Katouf, Steve. The mere fact of
3: Matala's disappearance under those particular circumstances is enough to discredit him. And that's what I think they're after. You see, there's an election coming up next week.
2: You know, the way you're talking, Commissioner, sounds like you figure this whole deal's a frame. Get over there, Steve. Talk to Katouf.
3: Try to find out what really happened to Matala. Go anywhere and do anything you have to to get to the bottom of this whole rotten mess. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck.
1: The National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignments, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, colorful, two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you'll find Steve Mitchell on another dangerous assignment.
2: Sure, I've got my assignment. Just a simple matter of sticking my nose into a nasty political mess in the Middle East to try to prove the has been framed. All of which gives me an uneasy hunch that if he has, the same person who's out to kill him off politically will be trying his best to do likewise to me, literally. Well, it's Tuesday when my plane lands in the capital of the Middle Eastern country. I learn that Khartouf is in a session to the legislature, so I wait outside in the hall, and from the sound of it, it's a pretty stormy session. <clears throat> Finally, it breaks up, and they start straggling out.
4: It looks no. bad, General. Our entire party is being discredited because of this lie about me.
2: We must not give up hope, Khartouf. We will go on fighting it as we have done. Excuse me, are you Katouf? Uh. Yes, yes. Who are you? I'm Steve Mitchell
4: from the States. Oh, yes, I have been expecting you, Mitchell. Allow me to introduce General Abba. General, I am honored, Mr. Mitchell. And are you not going to introduce me to your friend, Khartouf? I... This is Hassan, leader of the minority party, Mr. Mitchell. Oh, the minority today. Next week, who can say? That is a matter to be decided by a popular election, Hassan. You are quite right, General Abba. But there is little doubt of the outcome when the leader of the majority party is obviously guilty of treason. That is a lie, Hassan. My record is completely clear. On the contrary, my dear Khatouf. I would say that at this point, your record looks extremely dubious. And no amount of meddling by your friend from the United States will clear it.
2: Look, Hassan, I'm just here to... Oh,
4: it is quite clear why you are here, Mr. Mitchell. To whitewash Katouf. But unfortunately, your mission is doomed to failure. Hassan, you...
5: you are... Colonel,
4: please. You really should watch your temper. And now, if you will excuse me, gentlemen...
2: Now, there's a real keen kid.
4: Unfortunately, he is making political capital of this situation, Mitchell.
2: Yeah, I can see that. Look, Cartouf, you better give me all the background you can on this deal.
4: The background is one of six years of dreams, hopes, and ideals going up in smoke, Mitchell. How do you mean? It was General Abba here who sponsored my career in politics, Mitchell. <laughs> Remember how ignorant I was, General?
2: But you have made
4: great progress. Yes. With the support of our party, I have brought our country a long way toward democracy.
2: And now, to see all of that go by the board is a bitter thing. Yeah. Now, look, as I get it, Cartouffe, you were accused of treason by a minor government official named Matala. Yes, yes.
4: And it is very
2: ironic that I should be accused of treason after all the
4: overtures that have been made to me in the past year. Overtures which I always immediately refuse.
2: What kind of overtures do you mean?
4: Veiled proposals made undercover. Proposals that I would find it extremely beneficial financially to sell out my party.
2: Who was making these proposals?
4: I, I could never find out who was behind them. Naturally, I would not listen to any of them. And then when this Matalla brought his absurd charge of treason against me, I concluded this was the next step in their plan. If they could not buy me out,
2: they would discredit me. It could figure that way, all right. But it's going to be pretty tough to prove the whole deal is a frame. I do not think so, Richard. What do you mean? I am not completely
4: without friends, both in my own and other countries. It was reported to me this morning that the man entering Matala's general description was seen in Cairo, Egypt, two days ago.
2: What? Katouf? I did not know this.
4: No, General. I did not wish to arouse your hopes until the rumor could be investigated.
2: Well, I guess I'm the boy to investigate it. Cairo, huh? Yes. Mitchell, if you can find this man, perhaps if you were to offer him money, he would return and clear Katouf. I personally am willing to pledge any necessary amount. Yeah, if he sold out once, he probably could be talked into selling out again. But that's the trouble right now. How do you mean? Sooner or later, whoever hired him is going to realize that. They'll figure out that they don't want him running around loose. Yes, that means they will be trying to find him also, to kill him. Yeah, it also means I'd better be heading for Cairo in a hurry. <laughs> Grab the next plane to Caro and check in at the hotel, and then I head for the street bazaar. Pretty soon I find the place I'm looking for the Shop of a Thousand Bells. Just as I get there, a bunch of native kids come charging past and take a swipe at the bells with a long stick. The proprietor tears out and shakes a skinny fist at them.
5: Little barbarians, if I ever catch you, I, McCann, will personally show you how it feels to be jangled with a stick. I will. Well, well, well. Well, good afternoon, Afandi. Would you perhaps like to purchase one of my fine bells? What's
2: the matter, Mikon? Don't you recognize an old buddy? Ah, oh,
5: Steve Mitchell. Yeah. It has been so long since these innocent old eyes have rested upon you. Innocent
2: old eyes? <laughs> How are you, you old pirate? Ah,
5: as you see, Steve, still struggling to make a poor, but honest living in the face of many difficulties. Brother, ch- you
2: haven't changed a bit. Poor but honest. You've probably got more piastres tucked away in your sock than the Bank of Egypt. And three years ago, I had to buy you a dictionary to show you what the word honest meant. Ah!
5: And it's perhaps just as well. I do not see you very often, Steve. You are very
2: damaging to my reputation. But uh, how
5: may I serve you?
2: I think there's a guy named Matala hiding here in Cairo. I've written down his description. I want you to find him. I see. You uh, realize, of course, that this is a very
5: difficult thing.
2: Yeah. I also realize that you and your 10,000 cousins and nephews can find him if he's here.
5: And uh, there is, of course, the um, consideration of expense. Yeah, 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 I know. How much? Let us not think in terms of anything so crude as money, Steve. Let us rather appreciate the beauty of my bell. Oh,
2: no, not that again. This
5: bell, for instance, it is not beautiful? (laughs)
2: Ha-ha! <laughs> Such tone! Well, not too bad, considering it's got a crack in it half an inch wide. Look, the last time I wanted some information from you, I had to buy every cracked bell in your shop. Now, don't tell and me... And you th-
5: would not believe it, Steve, how much breakage is involved in this business. Since I last saw you, I must have accumulated at least 100 more cracked bells. And for some reason, they seem to gain in value. I would say they are worse. Well, worth
2: at least 50 piastres each. 50? Why, you old. Well, okay, okay. Crate them up and send them over to my hotel, but you'd better find Matala or you're going to get them all back fast. <laughs> yeah.
5: Mikan here.
2: Yeah, yeah, Mikan.
5: Yeah would not believe it, Steve, but since you left my humble shop three hours ago, I have found at least 20 more crack bells, which I neglected to include in your first order. Now,
2: look, I'm not buying any more busted bells until you...
5: Oh, Steve. Steve, I forgot to add that I have also found this Matala. What? Yes, my third cousin. Twice removed, located him. It appears he has dyed his hair and shaved off his beard, but we are certain it is the man you seek. Good.
2: Where is he? The Bells,
5: Steve?
2: Okay, okay. Send the rest of them over. I'll have enough cracked bells to put Liberty Hall out of business. Now, where's Matala?
5: You will find him at number 23, Esbakia Road.
2: It's after dark when I get to the address McConn has given me. It's a large house in the foreign residential district. I go up to the front door, but just as I'm about to ring the bell... The blast knocks me flat on my back. It looks like the whole house is going to cave in. I get back on my feet, still groggy, and shove my way inside through the wreckage. The place is filled with smoke and flames, and then I spot a body on the floor. I start dragging him out. The smoke's getting too much for me. Finally, I make it outside with him. The crowd is gathered by this time, and I put the body down and start there, weaving back and forth, trying to keep from passing out. Then a girl runs up to the body and stares down at it.
5: Mutala, Mutala, dead.
0: Then
2: all of a sudden the sidewalk comes up at me fast. I've had it. Uh, Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell. Huh? Mitchell? Who are you? Yeah. Lieutenant Khalifa of the Cairo Police. How did you know my name? I examined your credentials while you were unconscious. What happened? Well, looks like somebody beat me to Matala. Must have been a time bomb. Matala? Yeah, the boy I'm after, or I should say was after. He's lying right over there. I, I'm afraid you have made a mistake, Mitchell. Mistake? What do you mean? The dead man, he is not this Matala you see. What?
4: Well, then, who is he? Oh, he was well known to the Cairo police. A common house thief named Vardisian.
1: You are listening to Dangerous Assignments, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Oh.
2: Well, this is just great. I bust my back trying to find Matala and end up by walking into a booby trap to pull out the wrong body. Then I remember the girl who identified the body as Matala, and I'm suddenly very interested in why she lied about it. I look around the crowd, but she's gone. Then I spot a taxi sitting at the curb and I go over to it.
0: Ah, Good evening, Effendi. My cab can take you to any part of Cairo
2: you desire. Kindly step in and... No, thanks. I don't want transportation. I want information. Now, look, Gabby, I'm in a hurry. Uh, I am Sidi. I'm still in a hurry. What I want to know is, did you see a girl slip out of the crowd a couple of minutes ago? Liana? You know her? Almost everyone in
0: Cairo knows Liana, Effendi. Such a dance she does. You would not
2: believe it. Do you happen to know where she does this dance? Oh, but of course. Okay, Sidis, you just bought yourself a passenger. Let's go. <laughs>
0: Here is the club where Liana dances, Effendi.
2: Okay,
0: come on. Uh, one moment, please. Huh? Uh, just putting the car keys in my pocket. You see, I had two cabs stolen from me before I learned not, not to leave the keys in them.
2: Hey, this place looks like a real hole in the wall.
0: One of the very finest, Effendi.
2: Oh, brother. You can cut this there with a two-by-four.
0: Shall we take a table so that you may buy
2: me a drink, effendi? Yeah, I guess we might as well, Siddhis. No, the beautiful Liana! Hey, looks like we're just in time, Siddhis. Now, look, when Liana finishes her dance, I want you but, to... But
0: how can she finish it if she will not come out and start it?
2: Huh? Hey, yeah, where is she? No,
5: the beautiful Liana! I think.
2: She still does not make her entrance, Effendi. Wait a minute. She could have spotted me from behind that curtain. Come on. But... And now... Where are we going? Outside.
5: Liana, I
2: hope. So, now we are outside. I still do not see why we are... going to circle around to the alley. and Wait. There's a car coming out of the alley. It's Liana. Come on. Into your cab. I've got to find out where she's going. Come on, come on, come on. Fish those keys out of your pocket and get this bucket of bolts going.
0: Very well.
2: Come on, hurry up, will you? We'll lose them.
0: Fendi, may I observe that... All this fast driving will put a great strain on my ancient cab, uh, much more so than the regular fare will take care of.
2: Okay, okay, so you're on salary. Looks like I'm going to need a steady driver for a while anyway. That suits me to a W. T. No, thank you. I prefer coffee. Oh, fine.
0: (laughs) That is a joke I always say for the tourists. It works every time.
2: Yeah, I'll bet. Now quit making with the jokes and start making with that gas pedal. You better stop your cab here, Sitter. She just turned into that pier ahead. Uh,
0: Yes. She's parking her car out on the pier.
2: Yeah. She's heading for one of those houseboats, it looks like. Uh. What is it? It's funny. She didn't seem to be trying to shake us. Maybe she did not realize you were following her. Maybe not, but I think I'll make sure she doesn't give me the slip again. You wait here for me. Uh. I go into a little restaurant near the pier, telephone Mecon at his shop, and arrange to buy another shipment of cracked bells from him. After my call, I wait about 15 minutes, and then I head for the houseboat on the pier. I go up the gangplank. But just as I step on the deck, I get a sudden chill. Funny how cold a gun barrel in your neck feels.
4: Get inside.
2: Huh?
4: You hurt me. In sight.
2: Okay, Leona. Much cozier in here, anyway.
4: For you, it will not be so cozy.
2: Where's your boyfriend, Matala?
4: Ah, yes. You would like very much to know that, would you not?
2: Yeah, I would. I'd like to talk to him.
4: Talk to him? You wish to shoot him, but I will shoot you instead.
2: Now, look, Liana, you've got the wrong party. I'm not the boy who rigged that time bomb. I want to make a deal with Matala. And because of that attempt on his life, I think he's probably ready to talk turkey right now. Where is he?
4: That is something you will never know. Because right now you are going to die.
2: Andy, oh. I'll take that gun, now, uh, ah, Give her. it back to me. Sorry, thanks for the timely entrance, citizen.
0: When I observed her forcing you into the cabin at the point of a gun, it occurred to me that here was an opportunity to increase my value to you, and of course my price.
2: Of course. Now look, Leona. Your boyfriend, Matala, was hired to bring a phony charge of treason against a political figure named Katuf in a country east of here. He was also hired to disappear and make it look like Khartouf killed him. No, that is not true. Save the innocent routine. I want to talk to Matala and find out who hired him. He will never tell you. I think he will, because whoever did hire him realizes now that he doesn't want Matala alive anymore. He tried to get him with that time bomb. Next time, he probably won't miss... But Matala... Matala's liable to wind up dead unless he makes a deal with me.
0: What is this deal?
2: I'll give him protection if he'll tell me who it was and come back to his own country with me to clear Khartouf.
4: I see. Very well, Mr. Mitchell. I will go to Matala with your proposal. Let me go with you. No, you must wait here. I will bring his answer to you in one hour.
0: Might I make an observation,
2: Effendi? What is it, citizen?
0: Two hours have now passed and there is no sign of her. Uh, Obviously, she has no intention of returning.
2: I guess you're right, sir. This looks like I'm pretty stupid, doesn't it?
0: What good will it be to wait here in the houseboat?
2: Listen, I don't think I'll have to wait any longer. Come on out on the deck.
0: A small truck on the pier. Michu, you
2: think she has returned after all? No, I don't think that's Liana. Mikan. Yes, please. McCann, where'd Liana go when she left this houseboat?
5: I followed her to a small hotel out of the city away. You arranged with this man to follow Liana?
2: Sure. I telephoned him before I came aboard the houseboat. Liana made no attempt to shake us on the way here, and that made me figure she wouldn't be leading us straight to Matala. So I arranged with McCann to take over for me.
0: (laughs) And all the things I was thinking about you. Sometime I learned to keep my mouth shut, Fendi.
2: You lead the way in your truck, McCann. We'll follow in the cab. (laughs)
0: That must be the hotel Mikan meant, Effendi. He stopped his truck in front of me. Yeah.
2: Is this the place, Mekan? Yes. You wait here in the cab, will said Will
0: there be violence? Could be. Then I will be happy
2: to wait here in the cab. It shoots me to A W. Come on, Mikan. You find out which room she went to?
5: No, but as you see, it is a small hotel. You should not have much difficulty in locating the room.
2: Yeah, it really is a small hotel, not even a desk clerk. Well, we'll check the rooms downstairs first.
5: Steve, look! At the head of the stairs! Liana and Matala! Good
2: Matala! Don't Come on, Mikan. <laughs> we pound up the stairs. Liana tries to block our way, but we shove past her. Matala. Makes the fire escape and heads for the roof. We follow. Halfway across the roof, he turns and throws a shot at us. Watch out, Steve. Yeah, I can't shoot back. I want to take him alive. Look,
5: look, he's heading for the fire escape on the other side of the roof.
2: We pound after him, but just as we get to the fire escape... Oh, he is shooting at us again. No, that shot wasn't at us. Look, down there.
5: Oh, it is Matala lying in the alley.
2: We climb down the fire escape to the ground, but Matala's dead. We grab his body and start carrying it out in front.
5: Oh, it is very heavy, Steve.
2: Hurry it up, McCann. I want to get his body out of sight.
5: Oh, Steve, I do not understand. I did not shoot Matala. You did not shoot him, but he is dead. Well, uh,
2: Leona could have done it. But if she was about to double-cross Matala, I don't know why she should have waited until now. Here's the cab. Okay. Let's get the body in. Wait a minute. Hmm? Where's Sidis?
5: He is not behind the wheel. Here I am,
0: Effendi. Eh?
2: Hey, what are you doing down there on the floor? Uh, when
0: I heard all the shooting, I decided that down on the floor would be the best place for little
2: Sidis. Okay, dump the body in the back, Makan. Very well. Uh, there. Look, we got to get out of sight for a little while.
5: Well, there's a deserted warehouse around the corner. I will lead the way in
2: my truck. Okay, go to it. Come on, Sidis. Get this baby cranked up and follow Makan. Very well. Here are the keys. Hurry it up, will you? Start it. Yes, you can. I do not understand all this. Look, I'm sure that whoever plugged Matala is still around here someplace and would like to get this body away from me. Here, turn here.
0: Look, look, that must be the warehouse. McCann has already driven his yeah, truck Yeah, turn in, here, citizen.
2: Okay. What are you going to do now, Steve? Well, here's the way it adds up so far. I didn't get Matala alive, but his dead body is still enough to clear Khartouf of his murder if I can get to the police station in Cairo with it. I do not understand how producing a dead body clears anyone of murder. Look, we know Matala was killed a few minutes ago here in Cairo. That means Katouf couldn't have killed him last week in another country, doesn't it? Oh, but of course! So if we can get the body to the police station, I'm okay. But that's the hitch. Whoever bumped off Matala will be trying to prevent that, so we'll have to work a switch. Switch? Switch? What is this word, switch? Have you got any tarpaulins in that truck of yours, McCann? hey Yes, Steve. Good. We'll rig up a dummy and cover it with a tarp in your truck. You take off from the warehouse and go anywhere you want to. We'll leave the body in the cab, and after we've given you a few minutes' head start, Citizen and I will head into town for the police station.
0: Ah, now I understand. McCann will lead your enemies on what you call the wild goose chase.
2: Yes, Citizen. You go on outside the warehouse and keep watch while McCann and I rig up the dummy. If you see anyone, let out a yell and make sure we hear it.
0: Do not worry, Effendi. Such a yell I will let out will cause the Sphinx himself to turn his head in our direction. <laughs>
2: Siddis goes outside, and the con and I make the necessary arrangements with the dummy. I fill him in on exactly what he's to do, and he takes off. Siddis comes back inside. He and I wait a few minutes, and then pull out of the warehouse in the cab and start heading to the city.
0: Effendi, I cannot say I care to be carrying a dead man in the back seat of my cab. Don't
2: let it bother you, Siddis. You don't even have to look at him. The Khan and I pulled a tarp over him.
0: Uh, even so, I Let's don't...
2: Let's see. We're on the outskirts of the city now. Nobody's following us either. Well, so far, so good. Hey, why'd you turn off the main road? It is short sure to this way, offended. You sure? are quite sure. Hey, look, this isn't the police station. It's just a big house.
0: Exactly, and we are going inside.
2: Huh? Hey, why the gun? Get out. So you're my boy, Sitters. Out? Okay. Guess I should have figured it. You're the boy who planted that time bomb.
0: Exactly. I waited in my cab outside to see whether I would be successful. Then
2: when you realized that you'd missed and I was after Matala too, you figured to would string along with me and let me lead you to him, huh? Eh? Which
0: you did, the Inside. Well,
2: what happens now?
0: That is not for me to say. It is up to my superior.
2: You have ever... a... General Abba.
3: Sidis, you fool, to bring Mitchell here.
2: Well, Katov's closest friend and political sponsor turns out to be the big boy in this deal. Sidis? I had no choice, General. Well, I guess it all figures. I remember Katov telling me how ignorant he was when you gave him his start in politics. You were uh, figuring on making a puppet out of him, but he started getting ideas of his own, didn't he? Too many of them. So you made undercover overtures to sell him out, and he wouldn't. Then you rigged this frame to discredit him. It would have worked if it had not been for this blundering fools.
3: But you are
0: wrong, General. It will still work. I killed Matala, and Mitchell was trying to get his body to the police station. But if that body does not get there, the suspicion against Khartouf
2: still stands, does it not? What are you trying to say?
0: Simply that the body is now in the back of my cab outside. You know,
2: I got a nasty surprise for you two kids. What do you mean? Matala's body isn't in the cab. You're lying. Am I? You were outside the warehouse on watch when McCann and I rigged the dummy, remember? We put the dummy in the cab and the body in McCann's truck. I'm sure it's safe at police headquarters by this time. Sidis, you... But you fool. do not
0: understand. I could have sworn that you the... You see, bus-
2: I had you pegged right after Matallo was shot, Sidis. When we brought his body back to the cab, you had to fish your keys out of your pocket to get it started. That meant to me that you had been out of your cab. I remembered you telling me earlier that you always took your keys with you.
3: I will deal with you later, Silas. Right now, we must kill Mitchell
2: and get out of here. You're a little too late, General This place is surrounded right now by the Cairo police. You are bluffing. Wait, wait,
0: wait. I heard a car outside. He must be telling the truth. I'm
5: getting out of here. Stay where you are. You are the one who killed Martala. I am in the clear. Let go of me. I, I am getting out of here. <laughs>
2: Siddish pulls away from the General Abba and dives to the window. Abba jerks a gun out of his pocket and lets sit have it in the back. I dive for Abba. He swings his gun towards me, but it's too late. Oh.
5: Oh, shooting, shooting. Every time I'm with you, Steve, there is
2: shooting. Well, it looks like it's all over now, Mikon. Well,
5: I did as you instructed me, followed you and Sid is here.
2: You were almost too late. What kept you?
5: Well, you see, Steve, I had to stop off at my shop to break... I, 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 I mean, to see how many broken bells I could find.
2: Yeah, you probably were right the first time, you and your hammer. Well, you'll be interested in knowing I just passed you off as the Cairo police force... You what? Yeah, yeah, I know. It must be quite a shock. Oh,
5: Steve, it puts a severe strain upon our
2: friendship. Well, don't worry. You'll bill me for it. Or maybe I should say bell me for it. (laughs)
1: Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, is written by Bob Reif and Adrian Jondo, with music by Robert Armbruster, and is produced and directed by Bill Karn. Be with us next week at this same time when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another Dangerous Assignment. assignment came to you from Hollywood. Now it's The Man Called X. Tomorrow, hear Danny Kaye on The Big Show on NBC.